mentorship. There's a lot of talk and a little action. This week, we've got an expert to talk to you about how you can make a real-world mentor program work for your veterinarians and your support staff on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And one of the perpetual tough topics facing this profession is how do we get the next generation of veterinary professionals to reach their optimal opportunities in life? And this week, we're going to go all around the bush when it comes to mentoring. Becky, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary <laughs> technician, Becky Mosser. And today's guest, you know, we are lucky enough to have some of the most dynamic folks in the veterinary industry join us here on the podcast to tackle these tough topics. And today is no different. Today's guest is the chief of staff at Devonshire Veterinary Clinic in Anderson, Indiana. He's a 2000 graduate of the University of Illinois, and he is out there doing a lot of movement, a lot of talking, a lot of shaking in the veterinary telehealth space. But today we've got him here to talk to us a little bit more about mentorship, interacting, and just kind of tackling this whole topic in general. Dr. Smiley, welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And Aaron, just to clarify, I think you were actually graduating in 2007. Becky, you're making him older than he really is. I said is. 2007. <laughs> Almost. Well, I'll, listen, I'll take it. regardless of how old you are or when you graduated from veterinary school, Aaron, I want to get your definition of what is a mentor? What is mentoring? Let's start there. Yeah, I would say anybody that um, a relationship that you're pursuing to, to learn from. So it can take a whole lot of different shapes, forms, be a whole lot of different people. So the definition is pretty, pretty broad. Yeah, that sounds pretty broad. Okay. So that's part of the problem. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I think, Becky, you know, you and I, we've talked about this on the podcast multiple times over the past three years, and we know that mentorship, when executed properly, it has tremendous benefits for the practice, but a lot of practices are hearing exactly what Dr. Smiley said, and that is that, oh, it's just somebody who teaches somebody else. But what say thee, Becky? I think it's more complicated. Yeah, you know, I love the idea of giving it a broad umbrella and saying anyone can think of themselves as a mentor and that anybody who's interested in learning can be a mentee. So I like giving it a broad, approachable um, umbrella like that that says anybody can be and anybody you know, could be mentored or mentee. However, you're right. I think one of the biggest things that we run into is expectations. And a lot of times people hear mentor and they have an expectation in mind. I'm going to show up. You're going to tell me what to do. It's all coming directed from this person who has all this worldly knowledge, but it's really an active process. I mean, is that right, Dr. Smiley? Yeah, I would completely agree. And uh, I serve on a couple different boards. So University of Illinois Alumni Association, then also the Indiana Veterinary Medical Association. And we would hear back from the students all the time that they would want mentors. And it was interesting because then I'd go out to the older generation and I'd say, hey, what do you think about this? And they'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. But sometimes these mentees don't even put any effort into it. Right. So yeah. expectations on both sides were failing, where the mentor right, was disappointed that the mentee wasn't putting more effort and vice versa, that the mentee was saying, gosh, I don't think the mentor is really bringing what I want to the table. So in hearing that over and over, I thought, well, we have a need and I bet we can fill it. And so what DVM Mentor is doing is creating a marketplace for mentoring. And so it's a novel approach to say, if we would charge as a mentor a nominal fee, and a lot of professions will call it coaching, but in, in veterinary medicine, we call it mentoring. But if we would charge a nominal fee that then would be paid to the mentor 
would that then recruit the best mentors and also uh, recruit the best mentees because they have financial, if you will, skin in the game? Okay. So the hook here is if you pay somebody, they're going to do a better job. That's it. Is that actually true? No, we'll see. So it's an app that we're, yeah, it's an app that we're creating and it's such a novel approach in the whole thing to say, oh, okay, would, is this something um, that, that uh, a marketplace would support or improve the product? Because over and over again, the students, I'll ask the students, where do you think you're going to find their, uh, a mentor? And they'll say, oh, I hope that I get a mentor um, when, in my first job. But we found that job skills training is actually different than mentoring. Well, and that's exactly right. Right. I think there are people who come out in the vet school and they think, okay, well, I want to learn how to be a better veterinarian. And they're not necessarily understanding that mentoring can come in a lot of different forms. It can be a lot of different areas of your life and it can be very inclusive. Um, I do have to say, though, and I got to call you out here, even with the title DVM mentor, what about our support staff? What about our technicians? Mm, I think it's an excellent idea. It's not. I mean, I think that this can then go from into multiple, multiple different areas. The people, the only reason that we're starting with DVM is because that's the professional associations that I deal with, right? So I'm talking, right. actively talking to those veterinary students. But I don't think that there's any reason. Uh, my younger brother's a dentist. They don't have any kind of active mentoring. Why couldn't this reach across multiple different professional uh, uh, disciplines? It just seems so interesting that the business world has this figured out in some degree with coaching. But as uh, highly educated professionals, we haven't seemed to catch up with that. Okay, so Aaron, let's rewind the tape. I mean, this has been tried before. I was part of an AVMA program probably 15 years ago. And obviously, technology has progressed tremendously since then because, quite frankly, technology was part of the problem back then. But what we found was it just didn't sustain itself. Like people dropped off, the attrition rates were skyrocketing. And so the thing folds up, you know, after a couple of years. Uh, how is this going to be different? You know, that's one of the most dangerous phrases in business. This time it's different. Tell me how it's different. Now it's a self-selection. So uh, what we say is swipe right for a mentor, right? So it's inside the technology now, the mentor and mentee get to pick each other. Where typically, and I don't know, I'm, I talked to AVMA this last um, convention and, and you know, as far as this talking about mentoring and hey, Aaron, we did this before. And, and what the gist that I got, and, and you would know Dr. Ward better than me, is it is here, let's create two lists and then put people together based on different criteria. Right. And so what we're saying is now technology allows the mentor and mentee select each, to select each other. Um, and it's, no, it's not a long-term commitment. So we uh, embrace the attrition and basically say, okay, you're going to make an agreement to mentor and mentee for 30 days. And then you can re-up if you think that this is a relationship um, that is beneficial to you. So inside of the app, we also have a framework for what those goals look like. Um, on a 30-day period for the mentee to go, hey, here are my goals that I want to get uh, discussed and worked through in the next 30 days. Yeah. And, and again, if you're listening today and there's the first barrier we have to overcome is that is, can this be actually transacted v virtually? Uh, and I would say resounding yes. I mean, this is being 
really executed all across multiple industries. There's lots of different platforms already on the shelf, so to speak, that we can apply. So, you know, this stuff does work virtually or remotely or however you want to call it. But, you know, Aaron, one of the things, too, that, that we struggled with back then in the early days of this AVMA program was, again, the language and explaining it. So right now we've kind of got this broad overview, you know, hey, this is separate than job skills. Hey, this is sort of different than coaching. Hey, we're going to call it mentoring. But I still think we're struggling with the language. I don't think people clearly understand what we're trying to accomplish here. Help me. Yep. And what? And I agree with you. Absolutely. I'll ask, I'll push back into the students as far as, well, what does a mentor mean? And a lot of times they'll say, well, somebody will come in and, and grab uh, the, the ovarian stump that I dropped. Right. Oh, okay. You know, and oh, that's interesting. But really when we, you know, as far as the best mentoring relationships that you have had are the people that will basically impart wisdom on you. Now, what's interesting about DVM Mentor is the mentee and the mentor get to define that for themselves. So the mentee says to the mentor, hey, here are the three goals that I'd like to do in this, uh, in this relationship over the next 30 days. I'd like to talk about um, how to transition uh, into being a working professional mother, right? So I'm expecting to have kids. So what does that look like? Or I'd really like to advance my uh, communication skills or my surgical skills or whatever. So by allowing the mentee and the mentor to define it, we don't have to have to actively define it for them. Okay. So let's get back to Becky's point though. Um, right now, I would argue that part of the problem in the veterinary profession is we don't leverage our staffs adequately. And of course, the mm. biggest excuse there is, hey, they're not trained. They're not capable, right? I don't have time to train all of these people. Doesn't this type of platform lend itself naturally to sort of aid in that leverage of the support staff? Oh, absolutely. And I think that as mentees and mentors exist uh, on the platform, the mentees will not have to uh, uh, basically reinvent the wheel. They'll learn from the people that have been out in practice for some time. Oh, gosh, leverage your staff uh, better in these aspects. And then I think as the program, as the app becomes successful, I think you can roll multiple different disciplines into it. Okay. All right. So, so uh, let's now drill down just a little bit more because I agree with everything you've said so far. I'm supportive of this. I mean, we, we definitely believe that this is the right way to go for the profession. Having said that, the devil's in the details. So explain to us, walk us through that first 30 days. Like, what does it look like in your program? Yeah. So what it looks like is uh, there'll be a set of boundaries that are put up so that the mentor isn't basically, um, the mentor has good boundaries. Well, give so, me, go, uh, swipe back. I want the swipe. I want the swipe. Oh, yeah, Let's yeah, swipe okay, back. Okay, so, <laughs> Start yeah, there. Inside, oh, I'm sorry. Inside the technology. Because I'm already, I'm already feeling very vulnerable at this point. I'm going, wait, nobody's <laughs> going to swipe on me, you know? I don't no, want right, to. Right. Okay, so inside the technology, <laughs> inside the app, uh, anonymously, your resume will be up there. And you'll say, hey, here's the attributes as, so you would, would you want to be a mentor or a mentee, Dr. Ward? Do you want a mentor or you want to men mentor somebody else? Yeah, I want to be a mentor, but let me ask you that oh, right there. Yeah. How do you vet that? Like, what if I say I'm really good at communications, but yet yeah. I'm a failure in real life? Yeah, the market's going to play that out, right? I mean, that doesn't, you cannot be phony for too long uh, because then people will be able to post reviews as far as inside the technology. So you might have a scoundrel every now and again, but that scoundrel will not make too many bad moves uh, because uh, the, the bad experience that the mentee has will be able to be uh, posted for the rest, I mean, so that might be your one bad play. So uh, the market figures that out pretty quickly. Yeah, and I like that. It's a bilateral, I'm assuming, sort of 
So at the end of it, I rate the mentee and That's the mentee. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so we uh, post an anonymous resume, our skills, right. attributes, things we're trying to accomplish. Uh, and then I'm now a mentee. I go online and I select, or I try to select somebody that I think best fulfills my needs. That's right. That's right. And then the mentor has to say yes. So, and that's what's been missing in a lot of these programs is the mentor will say, yeah, I'll mentee somebody, but maybe it's not a good fit for the mentor. Right. And so both people have to say thumbs up. And once they get a thumbs up and then the base of your identities are revealed and go, okay, now mentee, do you want to engage in this transaction? Yep, I do. Okay, great. Here's the, here's the, here's the guardrail. We do, uh, you know, uh, one uh, virtual uh, meeting on Skype or whatever inside the app, but basically a video messaging, and then you can send text between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. And that creates good, healthy boundaries for the mentor so that she's not getting a text at 10 p.m. when she's trying to enjoy herself uh, just because the mentee had a bad day. I, you know, I, I love this idea, and I think it's important. Again, I, I'm screaming for this in the, on the veterinary technician side and the support staff side. I think it's very important. Um, and, and I and I hear people say, we hear you, Becky. It's coming. It's there. But I do think it looks very different um, for different people. And one thing that I have found frustrating in the expectations and the standards of seeing people deal with mentors and mentees is that sometimes I think they expect their mentor to be their say-all-do-all mentor. Mm. And I don't necessarily think that there is any one person that is the exact right match for all aspects of mentorship. And so I think it's important to talk to and think about the point of, of what you need mentored, what areas you are looking to develop and, and who can help in those specific areas and how to, how to make sure that we are directing our time and our energy in those right compartments. Oh, I think Becky did such an excellent point that one person is not the end all be all. And so what's so beautiful about this technology is it's only a 30-day commitment. So you might choose to have me be your mentor because you want to learn a specific skill that I have uh, expertise in. But this is not a marriage. This is not a lifelong commitment. So then, hey, Dr. Smiley, that was a great interaction. I'm going to go ahead and bounce over to somebody else. I, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, so how, do you, how are you helping your mentees and, and even your mentors set up their expectations going into mm. it? We use the broad framework of OKRs, and then, but we developed basically a goal-setting template that allows um, those expectations to be expedited and, and laser-focused because we know that we're dealing in a short frame of time. Uh, because when talking to the mentees, that was one of their biggest concerns, like, oh, I don't want to sign on to this for, for six months. I don't even know if this is going to work out. So we, could you sign on for 30 days? Yeah, I could do 30 days. And so we have at the very beginning a template that you fill out that allows the mentee to laser in and telegraph exactly what they want out of the relationship to the mentor so that they can get the most uh, utility out of that interaction. Well, and uh, Aaron, you slipped into some jargon there that I want to just clarify for our audience. OKRs, KPIs, all that stuff are commonly used in this type of discussion, but objectives and key results is what OKR stands for, at least in my world, I'm assuming. In mine too. Okay. So these OKRs have to be agreed upon mutually. I'm assuming there's a process. And and what does that process look like? Because again, you, you kept saying, hey, we established the guardrails on both the mentee and the mentor. But what mm -hmm. does that look like other than just a conversation? Is there a, is there a more structured form? The structure in an actual document. So, right. So the onus would be on the mentee because the mentee is the one that's paying the money. So the onus would be on the mentee because she wants to be in the relationship. So she would basically drive the OKR, the objection and key results, inside of a document, fill that out, and then pass that along to the mentor. And then there would be a video conference discussing those 
right? Where everybody understands, okay, at the end of 30 days, this is what we're trying to get done. And then those two individuals work through that. Specifically with the guardrails, what we're talking about with guardrails is boundaries on everybody's uh, actual time. So that we maintain work-life balance. And this isn't something for a profession that struggles to, to put up healthy boundaries um, that they don't then get one more thing on their plate. So the boundaries would be, hey, we're going to, as long as you communicate inside the app, then um, you're going to be limited to text messages between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then you get one or two uh, video, half hour video calls a month. So then I guess tell me this, because I mean, I have my own answer and we probably all have our own answers, but then what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. What is the goal? Why are we needing this? Why does mentorship need to be formalized? What's the benefit to the veterinary industry? Like what's our ROI here? Oh my heaven. So that we don't make the same mistake again. How the, the, the high quality mentors that I have had have saved me from so much heartache and bad decisions. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just not having to reinvent the wheel. And then I think too, that uh, high quality mentoring definitely, definitely uh, is the light that shines into the darkness of some of the worst places in our profession of the, of, of the inadequacy and, and just the, the, the health, the mental health stuff. If you have a mentor that knows you as a human being, and obviously this would be a mentor relationship that would be more than 30 days, you have another human being that can say, nope, that lie is not true. That's not true about you. And those individuals in my life that have spoken truth into my life, they shine a light into some of the dark places. So that's why we need it. Okay, so Aaron, a couple of times uh, we've referenced paying and money and transactions. So in general terms, like how much does this cost? Like I have no clue. Uh, 30, we're going to say 30 bucks per month. And then the mentee can re-up each month. So buck a day. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that. I don't know that that necessarily is the amount of money that's going to attract the best and the brightest. I still would go back that this is a mission alignment, that there are plenty of veterinarians out there that want to help. And there may be other ways to incentivize. But again, I was kind of expecting a different dollar figure there, but that's good. Were were you going to charge more or less? (laughs) Much more, more much more, because I think that, that to attract the caliber that you're really trying to end up with, it's going to have to cost more. And this is going to have to be built into your salaries and benefits. I mean, you know, this is part of what you should be doing if you're trying to develop these young associates. And I will go right back to some of the arguments and criticisms of the early AVMA program. And that was, why the heck are we worried with all this? The schools should be responsible for this. So what what kind of answer do you have for that 15 years later? <laughs> oh, heavens, I am, I've been out of school since 2007, and I need good mentors. So yes, I think that the schools are a very good foundation, but I think that it's a very naive uh, perspective to think that uh, you get out of school for 10 years and you no longer need a mentor. I need mentors right now. I have mentors right now. So I think that that's just a naive uh, uh, train of thought to think that mentoring stops once you reach a certain point in your career. Um, And then the the economy of it. Yeah. I, I mean, the high quality mentors are willing to mentor for free because it comes out of the, because they think that it's a good thing to do as far as for the profession. So they're not monetarily incentivized at all. Um, but I, when I ask uh, people as far as why don't you mentor, I don't have any extra time. And so for that wisdom that the, the generation has, uh, would it be benefit? Could they justify it in their mind to do it if they got paid maybe a little bit easier? So I think we have a lot of wisdom that's sitting on the sidelines 
uh, that maybe a little bit of walking around money, as they say here in Anderson, Indiana, might incentivize them to get off the sidewalk. Right. But aren't we asking a profession that already gives too much to the point of mental illness to now give even more, you know? I mean, so, so like, this is where we really ran into serious headwinds way back in the day, right? I mean, does that make sense to you? I mean, we're now leaning on a generation to say, well, you know what? Now you ought to give back your time to help these young whippersnappers. Yeah, and what's so, I told, I agree with you. And I think that that could be the monetary, I mean, this hasn't been done yet in veterinary medicine. So it might be that the monetary, the market value then, uh, says, don't do this out of the goodness of your heart. Do it around for some walking around. Them. See, and but I would challenge this thought as well. I know people all the time say, I would love to mentor. I don't know how to mentor. Who <laughs> yeah. do I mentor? I work in it. You know, I am the associate veterinarian. My vet's not going to hire anybody. I don't have, I, I don't know where to find a mentor. So I love the idea of, of being able to marry people who want to and people who want to receive who maybe aren't able to meet. And I think that's obviously the most important right. thing about technology is to bring those people together because the accessibility isn't always there. And I say it all the time and I, and I, and I know it's preachy, but the average veterinary professional is not one of the what 5,000 that are going to these big conferences and who are participating in these alumni meetings and, right. and really interacting. They're the people who are isolated uh, as associate vet in a clinic with a veterinarian who dumped it on them so they could go on vacation because they're burned out and tired, yada, yada. We know the story, yeah, right? Yeah. So we need to be able to marry these types of people together. So I think that that is important. And then Dr. Ward, you know, I, I hate to say it, but look, you don't have to be old to be a mentor. <laughs> you don't have to be in this field forever. You don't have to be an old timer. The fact of the matter is that some of the best mentors I've had are my peers who help me navigate situations that I'm working through because they are on my level, they are at my experience, and they are also dealing with people very similar to me. So I think that this is a good idea. I think this is important. And, and I think, you know, mentorship comes in all shapes, sizes, and ages. Breach. I was like, I shut them both down, and no one had no, anything I'm, to hey, say. <laughs> uh, there you go, mic drop. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, obviously, I think we all support mentorship. It is really, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, you know, I think that that what's going to this thing is going to live or die, uh, Aaron, in my opinion, on the quality of the mentors. Like if Agreed. people don't walk out of this with a good, favorable experience, then, you know, it's just not going to sustain. And, and quite frankly, I think that's kind of what was the undermining of the original AVMA. I think that a lot of us that were mentors didn't quite understand what we were trying to do. We did have some technological barriers uh, certainly to overcome. But, you know, it's this still weird kind of like, hey, you just want to talk about your week, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. So the OKRs weren't established and yeah. so forth. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dr. Ward. So those things that were impediments, the AVMA program, we're trying to rectify those. So to have clear goals that the mentee drives and then allowing the mentor and mentee to select each other. I think that those are those big hurdles that you're talking about. The DVM mentor is uh, bringing a solution and not just throwing their hands up and going, oh, well, we can't do this. No, no, no. We can do it. We just have to tweak it a little bit. Mentoring is good for the profession. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, if you uh, have been at any uh, other business, you've heard about executive coaching and all that stuff. This right. stuff is really worthwhile. Now, in fairness, a lot of these executive coaches are being paid big, big bucks, but it's because that corporation or that business realizes the value, the return mm. on it. So they're willing to spend six figures to pay somebody to coach some of their C-level staff because they know mm. at the end of that year, these guys are more productive. They create better morale in their business place. I mean, you know, they're more innovative and creative. I mean, Aaron, back me up on this. Hey, get in early, Dr. Ward, so you don't have to pay six figures for the mentor. I can <laughs> cut you a deal. 
<laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid. Promo code vet viewfinder. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Promo code. Love That's it. No, I completely agree with you. And I think that for whatever reason, culturally in veterinary medicine, we have ascribed uh, this to be a uh, something that should be philanthropic, and maybe it shouldn't. I mean, when I started talking about this idea before we unpacked the technology and built it, people would clutch their pearls, you know, <gasps> how dare you talk about some kind of a, a monetary transaction for mentoring as almost it was blasphemous. And that's, yeah. I don't think that that's the case. When you have uh, Wall Street guys and gals uh, using, uh, you know, paying six figures for coaching, they're obviously not dumb people. Why is this valuable to them? High quality mentoring is valuable. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, and I love this. So again, Aaron, tell us a little bit about where can we find out more? Where can people mm. go to sign up or just to investigate? Absolutely. So dbmmentor.com is where you can go to sign up. We're going to unpack the technology at the ABMA. I've been giving a talk at the ABMA Leadership uh, Summit in Chicago in January. So if you're there, swing by, say hi to me. Uh, but in the meantime, you can sign up as a mentor or at, and a mentee or both on dbmmentor.com. I can't wait to see this come out for vet techs. I, right. <laughs> that's what I've got. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love this. I'm in full support. I, again, I'm just going to continue to beat the drum. I think support staff men mentorship looks different. I think it is desperately needed. I think it's something mm -hmm. support staff don't even need that they have. So I, I'm glad that you're out here talking about it. I'm glad that you are building this. I think for anybody out there listening, it's worthwhile to think about how you've been mentored, maybe to talk with your support staff and see if, if there is a way that you can help them and what their greatest needs basis are and not necessarily just decide. Yeah. So what do you think about mentoring viewfinders? How much would you be willing to pay for one of your support veterinarians to be mentored by something like Dr. Smiley is proposing, DVM Mentor? We really want to hear from you. What have your experiences been? And maybe who's that one special mentor in your life who meant a lot to you? We want to hear from you. That's right. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget while you're there to leave us a review, leave us all the stars so that other people can find out about this podcast. Make sure that they're learning about mentorship and all of the toughest topics. And don't forget while you're there to click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. And Viewfinders, give Dr. Aaron Smiley some love. We love to hear from people that are trying to make some positive change in our profession. And he is certainly one of those guys. Until next time, bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you. You guys did a great job. I appreciate you pushing in so hard. That was fantastic. No, it's a good conversation.